everyone has like a, a different merit of what would make them happy. But I think it's just this game where you could always make more and want more and, and do more. But are you happy with what you have? Hey everyone, welcome to Lauren at Live the Spirituality and Health Podcast. I've got Jody Lynn Craven with me from Canada. How are you doing? Yeah, so good. So excited to be with you here, Lauren, and meet a new friend. Yes, thank you for being here. So today we're going to talk about money and finances and whatever else kind of, you know, comes in the conversation around that topic. Um, but Jody Lynn is a financial abundance coach, and she's the creator behind abundance um, consciousness philosophy, which we're going to talk about what that means. And, um, you know, you've got a background in finance. I'll have you kind of more explain that. I would love if you could just tell a little bit about who you are and then how you got into this sector. And then we'll just, we're going to learn so much today about money. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I feel like to tell you about how I ended up here, I have to go backwards in time because I think everything is leading us exactly where we're supposed to be in this now moment. And and sometimes that's really hard for me. My I, I, I grew up in the school of hard knocks or I learned through the school of hard knocks, I guess you could call it. Um, I, I had a home with a previous boyfriend and you know, it was beautiful, A-frame house on the lake. It, it was gorgeous. We paid $310,000 for it. And then fast forward a couple of years later, and I'm in my early 20s when this all happens. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, the economy dies, the housing market crashes. This is the 2008 financial crisis. And so does my relationship. And it was this you know, whirlwind of things that were happening. And I felt so incredibly stuck mm -hmm. because the housing market had crashed and I had purchased this home with this person that, you know, I was in love with at the time that we bought the house. And then, you know, our whole relationship went down in flames. And I, I was sitting in that moment thinking, what am I going to do? Because our house was now worth half of what we owed on it. And, you know, try calling the bank and saying, hey, what happens if I stop paying my mortgage payment? Like what happened? Like nobody's there to answer these questions for you, nor did they want to really answer these questions. So it was a very dark and scary time. And I remember having this conversation with my dad and saying, you know, I want to leave this relationship, but I can't because I'm stuck financially. You know, I'm now 25 years old or at the time I was 25 years old. And, and I, to do this, I'm going to have to torch my entire life. That's, that's that's not possible. And my dad said two things that I always talk about because I think it's so impactful. Number one, it's just money. You can always make more. Love that. Yeah. Number two was it's your choice and you have to choose to be happy. So if you're going to choose to stay, choose to be happy because you made the choice to stay. Or if you're choosing to leave, choose to be happy because you made the choice to leave. And it was in that instant, I, I thought, hey, I can always make more money. And where I'm at right now, this relationship is not healthy. It was very abusive and and I want out. So I'm making the courageous choice to leave. And I, I basically torched my entire financial life. We foreclosed on the house. Um, I had to go through consumer proposal, which is one step above bankruptcy. And there was a lot of shame and anger and blame and moved in with my brother and his pregnant wife and started life over again at 25. But what it did for me, Lauren, is it built this fire because I thought the reason why I had gotten into that certain situation was that I did not understand finances. And that was true. Yeah, I had no idea what, you know, 401k or RSP, they call it that here in Canada. I didn't know what any of those things were. I had heard them vaguely. My parents told me to save money, but that was the extent of it. I really liked shoes. So that's where my money went. <laughs> but uh, it lit this fire to understand it. And, and that time I had a successful career in safety, oil field safety, if you believe it. And I decided to part-time get into the financial industry. And I fell in love with how simple it was to understand. And I fell in love with teaching other people that simplicity. So I've been a financial advisor uh, with a brokerage for the last 11 years. And throughout that journey, I started to notice different patterns with people. You know, I would free them up a thousand dollars a month and build this wicked plan on how they'd have so much money in a year from now and be out of debt and all of these things that they truly desired, thinking that money 
adding more money would solve the issue. We always think that when I have more money, everything will be better. But I would go back in a year or two to follow up and make sure we're still on the right path. And they would be in a worse position than when we originally started. And it was that noticing or that awareness in my clients and then within myself, noticing that my bank account would go to the same amount, my credit cards would go to the same amount over and over again, that it was at that point that I realized that there was the energy behind money. And that encompasses the mindset and how conscious we are or the awareness we have around the relationship we have with money. And that led me to channeling abundance codes. I'm an active channel. I can consciously channel. And I built the fluid money blueprint to help people release those abundance blocks and consistently receive more money. Wow. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing your story and good advice from your dad. It's so simple, but it's like, yeah, we overcomplicate things sometimes. I also notice a trend of money and relationships have a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. and they often kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, that's interesting. My, my husband has been my greatest teacher on my own abundance blocks Mm. and it's been crazy seeing him reflect these teachings to me. A really quick example of this when we were first dating, um, I remember like driving in the truck, going to his dad's house or something. And he just looked at me innocently and was like, Hey, do you need money? And I had this visceral response Mm. throughout my body, like anger and sadness and pain. And I I went to the anger side of things and then I immediately started crying and I hadn't said a word. And he was like, oh my goodness, what did I do? And I, you know, I said respectfully, I just need a moment to collect myself and and observe for myself Mm -hmm. what just happened here. Because I went right off the deep end with those simple words that he had asked. And when I had that moment to reflect with myself, Lauren, I realized that I had attached all of this meaning to it. You know, he's asking me because it means he doesn't trust me, that he thinks I can't take care of myself. He thinks this, that or the other thing. And I could have torched our relationship at that point, believing all of those things that I had I had perceived in that moment. And instead, I went to him courageously and said, hey, is this what you meant when you said it? Because this is what I heard. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, I just, I don't know how much money you have or how much money you make. We've never talked about it. We've only been dating for like a month. I just wanted to take care of you. So our spouses can teach us a lot about our own blocks with money. That is so true. And yeah, I just feel like our, like money and love obviously get our attentions, our attention, probably the fastest out of most things in life, maybe health, but um Yeah, it's really interesting. And then like, you know, your family's relationship with money, you know, that that's really interesting. And then, you know, whoever you're with. And I know that finance can be a huge lead to problems and divorce and marriage. So it's something to look at for sure. So this is a really relevant topic. I'm really glad that you're on and we're going to talk about this. Um, I would love to... Um, just since this is a heavily spiritual, um, you know, show, I would love if you could chat about the the channeling. I think that's a huge part of it is our outlook on it, our attitude, our emotions, our spiritual beliefs, um, you know, our, our self-worth mm-hmm. and, um, you know, people work hard, but there's more than just working hard and people work hard for their money but they might not be the most positive people. You know, some of the people that are in power in the world, for instance, um, there's a lot of people though that are making money that are doing more than just working hard though, right? So what are they doing? What's, What's going on on a deeper energetic level? Yeah, I think energetics has so much to do with it. Now, um, the way that I explain this is like a, um, a blender. You know, imagine like you're making a smoothie. Um, a lot of people will try and shift their perspective or shift their vibration or their their feelings in this moment. And a lot of times we do it from a place of I just want to force this away so I can be in a positive, a positive stance. And it's coming from scarcity, from fear of if I'm not positive, I'm going to attract the opposite of what I want. 
But what happens in the background is we end up pushing down those feelings, pushing down all those fears and everything else. And it's like that blender, you know, you make a smoothie one day right today and it tastes wonderful. But if you don't wash out the container, you just let it sit there for a day after day after day after day. Doesn't matter how many good things you put into that blender. Eventually it's going to taste disgusting because all of that other stuff is taking over. And this is what happens with the energy behind money is all of that stuff that we're not addressing and that you're not dealing with around money, the fear of not having enough, having to work so hard for it, all of those perceptions and all of those feelings then become the energy that you're attracting from. And people can feel you. I know I always use uh, a car salesman or woman as an example, and I don't mean to harp on them, but I've had some pretty awful experiences walking into a dealership And walking into this individual where I felt repelled, like they just wanted to get me, they wanted to use me, they wanted my money, but they didn't really care about me. I felt all of that before they ever said a word. And that's your energy speaking before you're saying anything. And we all have the ability to do this. So when I started to learn about this stuff and started to channel, I have a horse background. I grew up with horses. I used to race horses. And I started reading a spiritual book on horses, believe it or not. And they were talking about the energy receptor sites that horses have in their Mm -hmm. gut. So people say, well, horses can smell fear. Mm -hmm. Not quite. It's not like that. It's that they have huge guts because they're huge animals. And within their guts, they have these receptor sites. So they are picking up your energy that you're giving off when you enter that room or that space. And the reason why they act poorly or they get afraid and rear up or whatever is when the picture that they're seeing does not match what they're feeling. Now, our bodies are built the same way. We have smaller stomachs, but we still have the same receptor sites. So we're already intuitively receiving this information from people. Now, when we talk about entrepreneurs, if your energy is stuck in a place of scarcity, I need to make this sale, I need to make money, or else I'm destitute or I'm going to be in trouble or there's not enough, people can feel that off of you and you're energetically repelling them and repelling that money along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I used to work in sales. I worked at Nordstrom for years and I I never got that just like fellow coworkers so pushy and sharky trying to steal your sale and I just thought, you know, you can't force someone into buy something. They're going to return it later anyways because they didn't really like it and you're talking them into it. You got to have that genuine. I mean, there are ways yeah. of course you have to like sell and do things, but you're right. Like your energy is so important and people can read it and yeah, that's incredible. It's amazing. I think a lot of it's subconscious. People don't really realize it, but we pick mm-hmm. up on people's energy and moods more than we realize. 100%. Yeah, that's very true. Um, that's fascinating about the horses too. That's amazing. Um, okay. So all then nature, nature's always teaching us, I right? Know, I know it really is. Um, and I, I'm kind of all over the place, but as you're talking, I'm just thinking like the scarcity thing. There is so much money out there. And I think what people probably, well, I'm not going to say that my perception sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, there's so much money, but like, there's not like, I only have this much. And this is kind of like a thought process you could have. Um, but you know, like Bill Gates has so much, I think it's just not, um, balanced, but really Mm -hmm. there is so much money. If you think about these people, these billionaires, it's so much money. If it was spread across the world, there's a ton of money to be made, to be had. It's circulating all the time. Like you said, your dad, you can always make more. Um, but it doesn't feel like that sometimes because, you know, just the way that our society is kind of built, right? Like there are a lot of people that yeah. do have a lot more than most of us, um, but it's a small percentage. So like someone comes to you and they're struggling with money and they're just like, I want to make more so how do you start with your clients? Like, what do you say to that? I mean, people are listening to this. They're like, okay, okay, yeah, great, cool. But like manifesting and channeling and energy, great. But like, really, how do I make more money, right? <laughs> yeah. 
the tangible how. And you know what? This is perfect because this is what led me to realize that I'm a channel and to start channeling abundance codes because I was frustrated with people giving me vague solutions, like just be more positive. And then I was afraid like every moment that I wasn't feeling 100% positive. Oh no, I'm going to attract something bad. And, and then I became this robot or this superficial fake person. It's, that's not what we're here to do. That's that's not experiencing life and being in life. I, I don't believe that, you know, an absence of emotion is the way that we were supposed to experience. Emotion is beautiful. And the more you can experience one side, the more you can experience that swing to, to the other side. So that's what led me to channeling was vague solutions of people just saying, just be positive, just meditate. So what I do that's different is I'm an A-type personality. So I like structure. I like lists and steps. And that's why I built the Fluid Money Blueprint. So the first phase of the Fluid Money Blueprint, we need to know what's blocking you. So it's called Unlock Abundance Blocks. So I walk you through, uh, my program is called More, and that's where you can get the Fluid Money Blueprint. It's a 12-week intensive. But in the first section, the first phase of it, unlocking the, the money blocks, we want to learn how you communicate and what is actually blocking you. So I run you through 18 questions that have been channeled to uh, exhibit a response. So I want to poke you where it hurts with money so that you can start seeing how you're thinking about money from a new stance. Because we get so locked into this tunnel vision of how our life is and, and how it needs to be that we miss the cues of, you know, this line of thinking is actually blocking you. And we stay on the surface with money. We think it's about money you know oh you have to work really really hard for money that might be the surface level belief and if you think about it like a dam holding back water or abundance or whatever if you start on the top of the dam and start breaking down the actual bricks you're too fatigued after the first level and that's where most people stop with money is the surface level beliefs like i have to work hard they don't learn to have the conversation where they draw themselves deeper so i teach that strategy as well in phase one and it's just simply asking yourself more questions okay i have to work harder for money but what if you don't what if you don't work hard and money comes? Well, then I don't deserve it. Okay. And if you don't deserve it, what does that mean about you? It means I'm a bad person. I'm taking advantage of things. Um, you know, no one's going to love me. They're going to think poorly of me. Now we're getting to the root. It has nothing to do with money and everything to do with the way that you see yourself and the way that you perceive or what you perceive will happen if you don't do it the way that someone else um, told you you had to, or you thought before that it had to be this way. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really cool. And I should have asked too before, um, do you work with one-on-one -on -one clients or is it, I was reading on your website, or are you focusing more on like entrepreneurs, like business coaching for money or both? I have the 12 week intensive, intensive, which anyone can take. Uh, that is kind of my main focus. I do take one on one clients. Um, and that process is way more fluid because it's whatever they need. And my, I guess, superpower, if you will, is when somebody talks about money and I ask them a question, like, how do you feel about your financial situation? It could be that simple. Mm. When they start talking, their abundance blocks in their words mm. pop up or they light up red. Mm -hmm. So I know where to poke mm. to go further down the rabbit hole. Cause I know that that's not exactly it. That's the surface and we need to draw yeah. deeper. So I do most of the manual lifting when we're one-on-one, -on -one, but in the actual 12 week intensive, I've created it so that the individual going through the course, the student can learn how to do it for themselves mm. because I don't want you to have to rely on me forever right. and understanding how to do it. You know, you know, after the 12 weeks, you're like, Oh no, now this, this other thing came up because we're fluid individuals. We're not trees. We're always growing and changing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to build a course that had all of the tools um, that I teach inside yeah. of it so that they, the student could go through it themselves and then have these tools for life. Yeah, that's really neat. That's cool. So what, yeah. um, what would you say just from what you've gathered? No one's the same, of course, but just, you know, overall, like what is, what are some of the main blocks that you think people have with money? Yeah. 
The the biggest two are that I have to work really, really hard for it. And again, we draw deeper to that. And most of the time is it's connected to deserving. Mm-hmm. If if I my hands aren't bloody and I haven't given it, you know, my whole life surrendered everything, sacrificed everything, then I don't deserve it. And if I don't deserve it, that means I'm a bad person. That's huge. Because you think about where we attract what we are, who we are being in this moment. So if you feel deep down that if you're not doing X, that you're not going to deserve it and then you're going to be bad, that's the place that you're approaching making money from. Mm -hmm. The second one is I don't have enough. And it's so interesting. We were talking about, you know, how it shows up in relationships or things will show up simultaneously in relationships as money. I believe that it shows up in multiple areas of our life. The more it shows up in multiple areas, the more you need to deal with it right now. Um, But I don't have enough. It's I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough love. All of those things um, are, are kind of packed into one. And that's probably the number one thing that I see is I do not have enough. Mm-hmm. And we kind of put ourselves on hold at that point and say, well, when I have more then I will have the life that I want, I'll be happy. And everything becomes, you know, when I get to this point. Right. And what's interesting about it is most of the time, 99.99% of the time, it's a bold faced lie. <laughs> it's a perception that we're holding on to. So we say, I don't have enough money. Well, for what? I don't know. For, for when? Mm-hmm. Well, for like three weeks from now. Okay. You're going into this fight or flight response of scarcity right now in this moment thinking, I don't have enough. When you're looking at three weeks from now, when a bill comes out, True. not even today, three weeks from now, mm-hmm. what about all the money you could make in between now and three weeks from now? Mm-hmm. Like you're cutting off all of those possibilities when you're in that state of there's never enough. And when you're in that state of there's never enough, your brain and your energy, the universe are all proving you right. It's just simply what you've stated. So we need to repattern that one, reshift it and stop saying things like, I can't afford it. If you have the money in your bank account, to buy something, you can't afford it. You're choosing not to. And choosing is empowering. Mm-hmm. But saying I can't is disempowering. Right. So we need to stop using that language too. I love that. And yeah, I just feel like we're in a society, you know, where, yeah, keeping up with the Kardashians, right? Like it's just, yeah. it's so, and it's not just money, but it's image. And it, I mean, a lot of it is money, but your looks, whatever it may be. And it's like, this is not... It's not reality. Um, it's a perception, like you said, and it's never ending. And that does not feel good. And it's not, you're not going to just be happier because you have more money. I'm sorry. Like, yes, no. it can make life easier and having a decent amount of money to do things and, and feel padded and not have debt. Like, of course that feels really great. I believe in that's a blessing. There's a lot of opportunity, but, um, just then you, that gets really dangerous. The more, more, more mentality, um, you know, my husband and I've had conversations about that before he works really hard and, you know, he works in tech and it's like the ladder and you want to get the promotion. And, you know, we've been working a lot with that. Um, you know, he, he grew up poor and, um, this is the first time like he's, he's been ahead and we have a beautiful home and we're in a good place financially. And, um, but he's like, but I, like we need more and like, I'm worried about it all the time. You know, he keeps like, using that and not to like throw him under the bus, but this is real like life, like. Yeah, And, um, because he had a different relationship with it when he grew up. Right. And this is the yeah. first time he's actually had enough where he has confidence, but he's still worrying about making more. And we live in a place that's very prestigious, uh, you know, close to Bill Gates. I mean, this is not, I mean, we don't live close to, Bill, we're not in the mansion next to Bill Gates. <laughs> we live in a region where this is not the average, this is you drive 25 minutes. I mean, some of the richest people in the world living here. Okay. We, we moved outside of the suburbs of Seattle because we were not in a place to buy one of those homes, but, um, yeah, yet, or, and maybe we don't need it. We're happy here, but yeah, you know, you don't want it. yeah, Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's interesting how, what people, um, measure or compare to. And I, I tell him, you know, this isn't normal if you look across the world and people's finances and the way that they're living. And so it's just, it's fascinating that I feel like we're blessed to be in a very comfortable position, but yet, you know, you could still want more and you're comparing to other people. And I'm like, that's just, it, it can just get so sticky. And I think there's just so much, 
um, learning and um, I think just being grateful for what you do have. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are struggling with finances and you are worried about what's coming up in a few weeks or you're not making your rent or whatever your situation is, I do think there is something to, um, like you said, changing your mentality, like uh, looking at it as an opportunity. Yeah. An opportunity. Yeah. And I think even what you're describing with your husband is an automatic pattern. We get into this place where things are so automated. This Our brain is designed to do this, make things easier for us. You know, you drive the same route over and over and over again, and you could drive it blindfold. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't, you don't need any of your senses to do it anymore. Sometimes you just arrive at the location, if it's your house, if you will, um, you arrive there and you're like, I don't remember the stop sign. I don't remember turning left or right. Mm-hmm. You just arrived there because that's the beauty of your brain when it comes to money we do this as well you know the i don't have enough or i need more Mm -hmm. this becomes a pattern as well and we end up searching outside of ourselves so much to fix something but we don't even know what we're trying to fix we don't know why we're scared this is a part of that scarcity pattern everything could be completely fine Mm -hmm. but you're just going 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 because there's this fear that was, you know, uh, downloaded at some point in your life that has become an automatic pattern. Right. So mine was when I would get paid, it would never be enough. So on paydays, you know, I made commission in the brokerage business twice a week, we'd get paid. And on Wednesdays, for example, I'd be like, oh, it's payday. And I would go into this automatic response of not enough. Mm. And I would go to open up my bank account. The screen would be on, you know, my computer. I wouldn't even log in though. I would automatically get this fear of, I don't have enough. I need to do more. Oh my God, I gotta go. And then I would just veer off and and find myself later pounding on like keyboards and and the phone and like in this neurotic, frantic energy. Mm -hmm. And it it was interesting because when I started to see that, that that was a pattern, I could see how I was repelling people while I was inside of it. When I was in that fear cycle, I was repelling opportunities to meet new people or to have new clients or even just have resources like people giving you resources for whatever reason, because that happens, right? Just people want to give you stuff. Uh, You can get to that point. But I was cutting myself off with this pattern. So I needed to walk the pattern back. And what I teach my students now is what I use for all things in life. It's called CAST. Super simple and easy. The first thing that you want to do, the C is celebrate. And the reason why we want to do this, it feels counterintuitive intuitive when you find a pattern that you don't like and you want to change. Why are we celebrating? Because it wakes up the brain. When you celebrate big and bold and you're like, Woo-hoo! and screaming it at the top of your lungs, your brain's like, wait, 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 wait. What do I need to pay attention to? Something important is here. So we want to do that so that your brain is now giving you a cue when you're going into a pattern that no longer serves you. So now every time after this, when you practice this celebration, oh, I saw it without judgment. I see it. You're here. Yay. I noticed you're celebrating that you noticed because from that noticing or from that awareness, you can create change. So now from here on out, your brain will continue to give you that marker of, hey, you're going into a pattern that no longer serves you. The second letter is A, and it's acknowledge. We need to acknowledge all of the fears that are coming up instead of stuffing them down. We need to get them out. And I I always say it like, baby Jody, what's wrong? I just put my hand over my heart and I ask her, baby Jody, what's wrong? And I let her vent. I'm afraid I don't have enough money. I'm afraid that I'm going to be homeless. And you know what? My baby Jody, she is like a toddler on crack when she's having a meltdown. She goes to the worst case scenario and is like, we're going to die in a burning blaze of, you know, not even glory of trash. That's, that's where she goes is death every single time. When I unpack it, when I ask her what's wrong, it's always, I'm going to be, you know, not enough money and then I'm going to be homeless and no one is going to love me. And then I'm going to die all alone. That's where she goes. Mm. So understanding that and allowing her to have her feelings, that part of me that is scared, that part of you that is scared and rifling with this old pattern because it's triggered by something of the past Mm -hmm. and it's designed to keep you safe. You created this mechanism, this pattern to keep yourself safe from something. It might not make sense today, but at the point when you started the pattern, it made sense then. It was giving you something at that point. So you just need to acknowledge it, acknowledge that piece of you that is afraid. 
And then the next is S and S stands for system. This is where we calm your, calm you down. Cause you can't, you can't logic with a toddler who is having a meltdown, nor can we logic with ourselves when we are in a flight or fight response. We need to come back to a neutral position to make headway, to make lasting change or else it's superficial. So I always teach, you know, put your head on something hard, uh, your forehead, it calms their nervous system. You have the vagus nerve. If you're holding your chest, I don't know if people can see us, but right. I think it's right underneath your collarbones or right above. If you just touch your chest, right at the collarbone area, you'll feel your system start to come back to this space of neutrality. Yeah going outside, putting your feet on something, you know, gra- uh, grass or or whatever, hug a tree, mm-hmm. just get to that point where you're neutral. And then now you can start asking some good questions. And the T stands for true. Is it absolutely true? So in that scenario of, you know, I don't have enough, I can ask the question of, is it absolutely true? Well, Jody Lynn, you didn't even open your bank account. So how do you know? Yeah. <laughs> And is it absolutely true that it's going to be the way that your mind is perceiving it? I don't have enough money. I'm going to end up homeless and then I'm going to end up all alone. No one's going to love me. and I'm going to die. Well, I can walk that back pretty quick. You know, even if I had no money, would I die? I'm sure my parents would help me out or friends or I'm, I'm very resourceful. I have a lot of skills. I could find a job or do something else. So you begin to walk back how absolute we have placed this thing, this pattern in our own mind of what's going to happen next. And from that space, you can start opening up to a new possibility and choosing a new direction instead of going down the same path over and over again. Totally. That's such a good advice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, again, I feel I'm like feeling guilty. I'm like, my husband like edits this. We'll see if he hears. He's like, why'd you talk about me? But just, you know, whether it's me or my husband or whatever, we do produce it together. But like, yeah, everyone comes from a different place. Everyone has different experiences. We're human to the point of sharing that your story, his story, um, Everyone comes from somewhere and we all have our own fears and none of them are silly or dumb. And yeah, like you yeah. said, you just, I think that's such good advice. It's just like, is this true? And yeah, it's just, it's about perspective. And I think it's so easy. Fear really like drives us. And unfortunately it's, it's mm-hmm. toxic and the, the whole thing about comparing. And I, I just wanted to throw this in there too. He's from Georgia. So like, Georgia houses compared to the houses here. It's quite the different, like we could be living in like an eight bedroom with a pool, huge home there. But I always say, I'm like, but would we, does that mean we'd necessarily be happier? Like, I don't know. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like it's maybe, but if that's what you want, that's your goal. But I just think everyone has like a, a different merit of what would make them happy. But I think it's just this game where you could always make more and want more and and do more, but are you happy with what you have and what is your yeah. truth? And I don't know, it's, it's more simple. We just make it so complicated and we're always comparing mm-hmm. and we get kind of stuck in the weeds. And so I love the things that you're talking about and the program that you offer because it's just so like clear. And I also appreciate that you um, talk about honoring your feelings because mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing too. Like I think there's this balance of like we need, whether it's money or anything else in your life, like, Feel your feelings and respect those. Don't stuff them down. Yeah. Let them work through. But then I also think there's a time to let it go ground because if you let that overtake the fear, yeah, that can really hold you back from your true authentic self. And I really believe the universe wants the best for all of us. And even if you Me feel too. like you're in a crappy situation, we've all been in certain situations that are really hard. There's often the best lessons that come from those places and also you know, you can still, there's always something to be grateful for. And there's always a moment where you can, you know, I, I am okay. Like I might not be able to make this month's rent, but there's, there is a way out. Yeah. And it looks different for everybody, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I don't know. I just, I really appreciate those steps that you mentioned. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that so many people are struggling with all of this stuff, the comparison, um, not having enough, this fear. And we come by it honestly, you know, we're taught by our parents, Mm -hmm. these things, or we observe them and then we observe them in our daily life. And, and just like we were talking about with the brain, it's so easy to get into a pattern and not even realize that you have a pattern that is holding you back from money or, you know, hurting you in some way, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, just that, oh, awareness. Mm-hmm. And and I love how you said, you know, uh, would we be happy with that when you're talking about things? For me, it happened just like that. I was designing my life based on what I thought everybody else thought I should have. Right. You know, I should have a nice car and I should have this and I should have that. And, and I started to ask myself those questions, you know, do I really want that? And I, I didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, do what do I want from a place of, you know, ego or scarcity or trying to prove Mm -hmm. something to someone. So I'm looking to fill a hole essentially in this space, or am I desiring it from this place of, oh, wow, that would just fill me up with joy and add Mm -hmm. to the experience that I'm having in life. And they're two totally different things for me that we're in the middle of building or, or upon the, the journey of building our house. And my house dream house went from like this million dollar, beautiful, like timber frame home to with seven bedrooms and whatever to, I don't really want that big of a house because it doesn't feel homey mm-hmm. to me. That's just me. Yeah. You might want that. That's okay. But I want a little bit smaller. I want big windows. Well, why do I want those big windows? Oh, it just feels expansive walking mm-hmm. to the living room and there's lots of light. I, I feel like I need lots of light mm-hmm. and we have a beautiful farm that we live on. So it's really asking yourself and, and having these conversations with yourself and your spouse of why do you want the things that you want? Is it coming from a place of, I need, I need this to prove I am good enough. Who says you're not good enough? Who says that that proves that you're good enough? You know, and there's no, there are very few absolutes in our world. And the way that I describe absolute is that everybody plays by the exact same field. So when we say it in money, you know, uh, people with money are evil. Well, that's not an absolute. Not every single person in the world with money is evil. Mm -hmm. So it's not an absolute. So it means that there's someone else out there that, you know, bucks that standard that you had set before that is limiting you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every single person who is very, very successful drives a, I don't know, a Lexus, a BMW, I don't know, whatever. You could fill in the blank. That's not an absolute. Everybody with money is happy. That's not an absolute. Look at Robert Williams. He was very, very unhappy and he had a lot of money and there's a lot of others. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of things, you know, everyone that's poor is is destitute and is angry, is sad. Not true. Look at Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa had no money. She was very happy. You know, if I have more money, I will be safe. Is that an absolute? Look at the brightest stars that we have today and their entourages. Obviously, you know, they have an entourage for a reason. So when you start to look at things in the absolute realm, because when we say it, we mean it absolutely. You know, this equals this. And when you start breaking those ties, you create space for another possibility to emerge that supports you the way you want to be supported. Yeah, nicely said. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast once before, but for people that haven't listened to that episode, or I just think it's an interesting um, conversation. You know, I have a de- my dad is a therapist and he has clients that are make a lot of money and so frugal. Don't tip. They wear the same outfit. They don't ever indulge in anything. And I'm not saying there's any meaning behind that. I'm not judging that. I'm just giving a, a story. There's yep. that side of it. Tons of money penny pinching, anxious about it, frugal, don't enjoy, aren't generous. And then you have people that don't make nearly as much and Mm -hmm. they are way more generous, enjoying what they can, you know, living their life a little bit. So I just think that's really interesting too. And that goes back obviously to like relationship with money. Um, But yeah, there's no absolute because, you know, I thought, I think for me, like if I was like a mega millionaire, 
I would tip very generously because I felt like I could share that without that. It's so cool. Like, yes, I would indulge myself in things too, but I, I would love to like be able to like throw down a 50 buck tip on like a 20 buck bill every now and again, just to share. Like, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so I think that is, um, what are your thoughts on like the money coming and going? Like, do you think that's kind of a healthy relationship? Like if you feel like I'm going to be generous and give and share, but I also like want some for myself too. Like that's yeah. not selfish or bad. Like you're, you're kind of respecting that it kind of ebbs and flows. And I, I heard this from somebody. I just thought it was really cool. Like, why do you want the money? Like, sure. You want it to be stable, have a retirement for yourself. But then I also go deeper. Like I also want it so that I can get, take care of my children, which yeah. is helping somebody else, not just myself. Right. Like be really specific in why you're asking for more money. If it's in your prayers or your manifestation, like what are your thoughts on and perspective on that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it comes down to the reasons why, you know, when we start to go a little bit deeper, let's say it's your children. I want more money. I had a student that said that, you know, I want more money um, so that we could have more money as a family. And she had deeply tied her children's love to the experiences she could bring to the table mm. and, and her being a bad mom because she couldn't take them on like a Disney vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the standard or the absolute that she had said, set for herself is I'm a good mom. If I can take my kids on vacation, well, that's coming from a very lackful place. It's also coming from a place of where you're, you're beating yourself up and, and putting yourself in a box that this is the only way I can be a good mother. So I think the motivation behind it is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think when I deal with my own money personally, the question that I always ask myself is, does it make me happy? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't make me happy, I don't want to spend the money there. Right. I don't want to, you know, I get to choose. I get to vote with my wallet totally. for whatever it is, little things, big things, all, all in between. And, and when we start to enjoy, have joy while directing and spending our money, because our money doesn't want to be just sitting locked down doing nothing. It wants purpose. It wants direction. So what is the point? I know people will say to me, I just want the money in my account to sit there. So I feel good. Yeah. Okay. Well, how (laughs) much, Mm -hmm. you know, or they'll say, this is for emergencies. I've got $5,000 for emergencies. And then an emergency happens and they won't use that money Mm. or they'll beat themselves up for using it. Your whole intention was to use that for emergencies. And now you're kicking yourself in the butt because you did exactly that. Mm -hmm. So stepping outside of the frame to start seeing it a different way, seeing a new perspective and asking yourself, is this bringing me joy? Mm -hmm. Because when we're in that sensation or that vibration of joy, we're impacting those around me, around us, and we're creating more joy throughout the world. And I think money was designed to be an exchange, a beautiful exchange of love, of joy, of experiences, the Mm -hmm. things that we want to do. And you know what? It's so interesting because at the beginning of this this episode, you said there's a lot of money in the world. And it's so interesting. There is a lot of money in the world. And you look at the amount that our governments around the world have printed over the last two years, it's astronomical. And what most people don't understand, and this comes from the financial background, is a dollar today is not backed by anything. Yours in the United States or mine in Canada or anyone in the world. It's not backed by anything that is a commodity, not gold, not silver, you know, nothing like that. It is simply the government's promise that it's worth something yeah. and our belief that it is. Yes. It is a worthless piece of paper without you. So don't let money define who you are. You're the one that gets to define what money is for you. I love that. Like redirecting the power and the attitude. That's really cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And I like the part about the joy. Like if it brings you joy, I mean, not saying if you literally don't have any money in your account, you can't make your rent, but you're going out and buying new shoes. Like you know, I mean, that's your choice if you want to put yourself in that position, but you know, if you're in a space where you believe wholeheartedly and you're so anchored into more money is coming in and that's going to make you happy. Great. Yeah. Most people aren't there though. They don't have that trust and that faith. So it would make them feel so scared to only have X number of dollars in their, in their bank account. And that's a personal thing. So don't beat yourself up over that. If that's you and you need $5,000, $10,000 in your bank account to feel secure, 
notice that, recognize that, honor that place in you. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I like the thing about the joy. So like going back to like the tipping thing or something, like if you don't feel good about giving someone certain, then I guess don't do that because it's, inter- you know, and then you could be like, well, I feel guilty. I'm supposed to tip, but you know, it all goes back again. Like, how do I feel? Where's your energy being placed? Does it bring you joy? And I think that's what's really interesting about the sharing of money with other people or services or tipping or whatever. That's really interesting too, because yeah, sometimes you just feel like you have to give 20% because that's just what you do. But if you didn't feel good about giving it, then that's actually not really genuine, right? So I think going back to how do you feel? And like you said, you get to be the one to make those decisions and own own it. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's really cool too, to have power. It's not like you just give it because you have to give it, right? Or you mm-hmm. feel guilty like to donate to something, but you don't feel like it's genuine. Like, you know, go back to how you're feeling. Like, I really like how you say that. And we do yeah. have the power and the decision and the energy and the attitude. We can make those calls. And yeah, I do think there's like a balance of like having some savings, but also like living your life. Like it's just sitting there, like it's meant to circulate. And yeah. And then like, that's so crazy too, just about the like, thing about the stock market. Like it's so insane. We just have these values that are like decided and, and then people react and look what, what happens. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's all reaction based. And so that just shows you right there that it's not like it's just this true value. It it fluctuates all the time. It's always going to go up. It's always going to go down. There's going to come into your life, come out of your life. So I think Mm if, I mean, I'm not an expert, you are, but my one takeaway just is like, I'm learning more about money and talking to people like you is it's always circulating. And if you can kind of accept that, that actually frees a lot of those, um, stresses of money. Yeah. So you're going to have a bill, it's leaving, but then you're going to have some come in. Someone gifts you with something that you don't have to buy. That's coming in, saving you money. You're going to gifts to somebody else. Like it's always fluctuating. And so I think that it frees up this like negative connotation with money. You just kind of accept that it's always just kind of around Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One practice that I have when I go shopping for myself personally, because I grew up in a house where I got hand-me-downs and I wasn't allowed to have like the cool clothes and the neighbor's clothes and I got made fun of. So I literally got a job when I was 15 just so I could buy mm. brand name <laughs> jeans there <you> go. <laughs> because I was tired of being made fun of. And so that was my relationship with buying stuff. I had always felt this guilt and shame around spending and wanting nice mm. things. So I worked a lot on repatterning that for myself and in using the tools that we've talked about today. And also in those moments, because we're not done. Like you don't just learn and then you're done. You just sit on a beach for the rest of your life. Um, You're a fluid being. You're always changing with your environment and and either growing or, you know, things are changing around you. So it's okay to be fluid. So now when I go shopping for myself, when I try on the clothes, I need to be like an F yes. Yes. I love this. This is, this makes my heart sore. I, you know, I've bought even sizes that um, maybe I shouldn't have bought. There's this really cute raincoat that was like an extra, extra small. And I don't even know how I fit into it because I'm not an extra small. I'm usually like a medium and uh, but it fit. It didn't quite zip up, but I was like, you know what? I just love it. I just, yeah. I've been looking for this forever and it was like $50 or something. And I'm like, I'm going to buy it because I just love it so much. I'm going to walk away thinking about it. And so I go to the, the till and it's so interesting now that that same coat, even though it's definitely not my size, if it's perfectly now that I have it oh, <laughs> at home, and, and I have, I don't think I've really changed all that much since I purchased yeah. it. So it, it, the world is a matrix and it very is. fluid. I don't know what's going on yeah. there. But when I was standing at the till or when I stand at the till to purchase something, that that immediate feeling of, oh, I'm losing, I'm leaving something behind, I'm letting go of something, I'm going without now, like this money is leaving me, is is the feeling that most people get when they purchase mm-hmm. things, especially for themselves. Or I hear it the most often when it comes to themselves. So I stand there and I take a breath and I look at the amount that comes up on the debit machine pad or whatever, right? And before I go, boop, I just, I look at that number and I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm so excited to spend that money. And I'm so excited to receive 10 mm. times that amount. Oh, I love and that. I set that intention and I imagine the energy flowing from me mm. 
to the person that's standing behind the counter, the person that helped the operation of the Mm -hmm. store that I'm in, the people that made the clothes, wherever it needs to go, just showering them all with love and then coming back. And I imagine receiving the energy. I'm getting goosebumps just saying this, receiving the energy through my crown chakra and all the way through my body. And it only takes a second to do this. I take a breath there and I go, boop. It just completely changes everything. And I have literally, the more intentional I am with this and the more my students are intentional with this, the more money they receive back. I literally, Mm -hmm. that day that I bought the coat and all that, I spent 250 bucks. I left, I was offered free lunch. I was offered um, 50% off of osteopath sessions that I was purchasing anyways that came out to like $500. Um, I got paid that day more than I thought I was. Mm. It ended up being a $5,000 day that came back to me that I was completely unexpected. Yeah. Oh, see, it circulates. I love that. And intent, it it can go more than just with money and put your intention to whatever your health, your relationship, money, but it's so true. Just the power of your energy. And I have a medium that I see and she, she said something very similar that I thought was really cool. I paid her you know, it's $100 for the session, wrote her a check. And she goes, whenever someone hands me the check, I bless the check and I wish them that it goes back to them tenfold. Because, you know, I'm supporting her life by giving her my money, but she's then putting back energy to me, thanking me and then giving, and she just doesn't say this to her clients, but she says she thinks this and she, you know, says, I hope that they, they will get that money and much more back. And I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. Um, what a cool, if we could all just do that, my goodness, what a world we could have. And then more and more people are learning to do this. And I think that's what's so cool about this. You know, hopefully people listening, it's a new perspective. When you spend money, you have a different joy feeling of spending, enjoying it, but that also like, you know, I'm going to see that come back. Like, it's all good. Like I believe I'm worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I hope that people yeah. are maybe thinking about things in a little bit different ways. Um, it's really neat. Well, before we close, I do have a, actually a question. Um, it's kind of a crazy world. <laughs> and, yes. you know, digital currency is becoming, you know, Bitcoin and all these things are becoming a thing. And there's word, you know, like that the, well, I mean, stocks have already started to fall. Companies are trying to do layoffs. Like, I mean, we're kind of, people are, th- you know, projecting that we're going to go into a recession. Um, fear is going to mm-hmm. come around. It's already coming around. That's what happens with recessions. And, and the stock market, and everyone freaks out, and then it goes tanks, and then the housing markets get hit, and this happens. It's history. Like, we just look at look at it, right? You know all about that in your world, the financial yeah. advising. But for people that don't work in the financial, like, what are some tips that you can give some of us as far as just, like, I'm trying to figure out how to answer the question. Um, I think there's a... Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, we've had that many times on the show. We've had chirping birds, babies. My baby has cried. <laughs> Dogs bark. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry, real life. Um, real life. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, uh, she hears my husband outside on, on the quad or something like no, whatever he's okay. working on out there. So she's like, me too. I want to go. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, how do you, what do we do as far as like preparing for that or like balance? What are, I mean, I know that's an intent. Everyone has a different situation, but just as far as like maybe even more just like attitude, but you know, like, okay, if we are going to get into kind of a slump, you know, it seems practical to probably like have some savings and then also just not get too worried about it. So how do we balance that? Like just from a financial advising mixed with spirituality, I guess you could say like, there is a reality, like we need money to pay our bills. And so there is a beauty to having savings, right? But also- Mm -hmm. You don't just want savings sitting there. And then like you said, you're not going to tap into it, but you needed it. And then you feel bad about it. So what is some advice you have just if stuff does kind of get crazier with the, the market? Um, it's just confusing on like what to do, where to put your money. And I know that's a really like loaded question, but just more on a, like an attitude. Like you don't have to tell us like where we should put our money, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like how do we um, take that in? energetically like what 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 are some advice you could give us 
Yeah, I'm going to speak directly to the attitude and and the feeling. Um, first, acknowledge how you're feeling about it. You know, are you worried about the the noise, the chatter that is going on, that there's going to be a stock market crash, a housing market crash, food shortages, you know, control with the digital dollar? I don't know what, you know, you guys have seen or what you sure. have seen personally, but I know that there's all of these things going on and it's very easy to get stuck in fear in that cycle of fear and and then making decisions and and your actions are all coming from this place of fear i need more money so that i can be safe so so first is to recognize it what are you feeling and what are you afraid of mm-hmm. you know are you afraid that um you, you're, the stock market is going to crash and you're not going to have as much saving as you did before um, okay, well, I mean, if you are an older individual and retirement is a year away, that's a different picture sure. than, you know, if you're 40 years away from retirement, you have lots of time to recover. So you don't necessarily need to be worried because the market is cyclical. It will come back. But when it comes to you start thinking about all of these other things, you know, maybe if you're in a position where you're wanting to buy a house and you're just getting in because you're like, oh God, I want to get in before I'm not, I can never afford a home again because prices are too high. Well, if you start to look at the cyclical nature of the housing market you know, what goes up must come down. So maybe you don't have to rush into that decision. You can be mindful and not act out of fear of missing out and act out of empowering yourself. I'm choosing to wait maybe a little bit longer to buy a house because I want to make sure that I have more money in the bank or, you know, that it's the right fit and I'm, I'm paying a price that I feel good about. When it comes to food and the digital dollar and things like that, what is going to make you feel safe? A lot of people put that you know, feeling safe on money. When I have more money, then I will feel safe. No, safety comes from within. Feeling peace, that tranquility, um, feeling good starts with you first and then radiates out. So what would make you feel safe in terms of tangible things? Would a pantry that is stocked full to the brim of pasta or whatever (laughs) your favorite thing is, would that make you feel good right now? Yes, then do it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it all at once. Maybe you just start to get two or three extra items sure. when you go grocery shopping. Maybe it is you would like to have a thousand dollars stashed in your, you know, safe. Don't put it in your mattress just in case the house burns <laughs> <Yeah>. down <laughs> or something like that. You want it protected as well. Um, but you know, if that if it's a thousand dollars, we'll start collecting your change. Mm-hmm. I would have swore to you, Lauren, that I never carried cash in my entire life. I never have cash. I went to a, a millionaire mind intensive course, you know, 10 years ago, and they're like, make these cups and put your change mm-hmm. in. And I'm like, I'm a student, I'm a good student, but y- you guys are stupid. I there's uh, there's not gonna be any money in there because I never carry cash. I'll wow. bet you a million dollars. And within six months, I had fifteen hundred dollars in cash wow, see. sitting in there. Yeah. So you know, you're, you're setting the stage or the intention for the things that are coming into your life. So how, what is the action that is in alignment with that? It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, I need the a thousand dollars today. Well, you can start building up to it. Maybe it's a couple hundred dollars a month and you, you work the plan for a couple of months, but it really comes back to you asking yourself that honest and authentic question. What is going to make me feel good and safe throughout this? Is it a generator? Is it food in my pantry? Is it a thousand dollars in my sock drawer, AKA my safe, whatever it is? Is it, is it collecting a community that has access to food and Mm -hmm. water and power and, and things like that, or knowing even just how to get out of your own city, if there's just a disaster Mm -hmm. or something like that, start thinking about that, those things, what would make you personally feel safe and then start taking actions towards them. Good advice. Yeah. Don't let the collective fear direct you look within. Yeah. And you know what? All of this stuff has been planned anyway. You know, we're, it's all, it was already planned. You said yes to this and, and the beauty in that and everything that you've ever been through that was challenging in your life is you got through it. Right. And most people looking back they're so grateful they went through that because of what they learned or who they became or both. So you know that you have the capacity to weather the storm and come out even better. So all of this is noise. You just got to keep doing you. Yeah. I mean, like you said in the beginning, the 2008, that crash, we all went through that and had different experiences, but then it got good again. Now it could, maybe we'll see. I'm not going to worry about it, but 
could crash a bit, but that's what the market does. So, yeah. you know, just kind of accepting that. And yeah, I think good advice for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Well, thanks for all your tips. And, and I'd love just the very practical, it's balanced. You got the energy and the spirituality aspect. I love the mixture. Um, you can just tell that you have a very authentic approach. So I, I have no doubt that your program is absolutely amazing. And you. Um, I checked out Jody Lynn's site. It's very visually appealing, but I can also just tell with what was written there too. Like, again, just, you know, vouching that it, it just looks so legit. And I, I'm just glad that you're helping people. Um, thank you for what you're doing in the world. We need more of that energy and, um, I would love it if you could share where people can find you online. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me here today. I just, I love talking about this. It's my number one passion. I could talk all day to you (laughs) about money. Um, If you want to connect with me, you can go to my website, jodylynncraven.com. Typically there's a pop-up there that offers a free training. That free training, if you sign up for that, talks all about the Fluid Money Blueprint and the more course and how you can get access to it and gives you some more tips and stuff. So it's a really great place to start is there. Um, Or if you just want to reach out to me. Um, go to Instagram and just throw me a message. Uh, I love talking to new people and, and connecting. So awesome. Cool. Well, we'll yeah. put that all in the show notes for sure. Thank and you. yeah, thanks again for being here and sharing your wealth of knowledge. <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. 